This is a HeadGum Podcast. This is Aaron McGowan, certified personal trainer and neighborhood sleuth. This is Ryan Stanger, certified personal trainer and convincer of Aaron to be present. You found the Dumbos, a comedy fitness podcast. Committed to bringing you inspiration, motivation, and sometimes information. Hey, Dumbos, let's get dumb. Woo! Aaron, you're here with us now. Uh, Focus on where you are. Be in your seat. Uh, Enjoy our company. Thank you. I am also drinking a decaf Americano. So that might have to do with why I'm also jacked up. What is Americana just been... water added to espresso? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's decaf so, well, so espresso, but I haven't decaf been espresso? drinking. Like, what the fuck is that? Just like. Well, it's like because I'm pregnant, you're not supposed to like eat, drink sure. like a bunch of caffeine and stuff. So this is my workaround here, I guess. Hmm. But I haven't really been doing it. Because I, I'm like, I, I don't need it, but today I needed it. And so I yeah. stopped by a place and I got an afternoon coffee and I am I'm buzzing. Even though it's half the caffeine, but I just haven't been having that much. So sure. I'm feeling it. Yeah. Fun for your baby. And someone robbed me. So that's the other part. <laughs> Tell, well, just, you have like a little fan that you bought off of Amazon that that's disappeared from your car. Yes, it disappeared from my car. I have looked everywhere. It's not in my house. It's not at the gym, Jason, for asking. <sighs> and um, and it's stolen. So that's the best thing I could think that happened. Anyways. Uh, All right. It's on your Amazon wish list. Uh, let's. I know. Will you introduce our guest? So that- <laughs> yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> If you're still listening, we have an incredible guest in the weight room today. Writer, improviser, Amanda Simco, everybody. Welcome, baby. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Are you already crying? I have one of those fans. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I have one of of those fans. I bought it for a trip to Disneyland because my kid was going to be in a stroller. It was hot. Mm. We clipped it on. Yes. The second we turned it on, she leaned forward and it just sucked up all of her hair. Oh, shit. <gasps> and it was like, ah! but luckily they make it more like the blade just pops right out. So like, no problem. Like they understood that they were like, this is going to happen. But it was hilarious. Yeah. Just like within 10 seconds of being like, my brand new thing. That's so wonderful. It tried to like kill my child. <laughs> that's so funny. Oh my like, gosh. Mom hack you put on your blog. I got the perfect idea to keep my kid cool oh. at Disneyland. And it just, yeah. Yeah. I guess you could do it on both sides and give her like the little princess Leia buns or something. Cool. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. They're guys- not super expensive. So buy two once one's going to get stolen or one's going to suck all your kid's hair up. Do you guys remember this thing that was sold for women um, and girls on a, it was like a topsy tail and like you, it was like a string thing that you put in your hair and it like gave you like a, like a different kind of ponytail. Which is funny because people still do that. You can just do it with your hands. Like yeah. you don't need the perfect like, <laughs> topsy tail. But topsy tail was like uh one of the first infomercials I think I ever saw. Like, definitely, yeah. And when you went to someone's house and they had one, it was like, oh, 
They're well, you have money. <laughs> I mean, listen, yeah. were, it was effective because I remember it and I, I wasn't the demo, you know? Yeah. So when you, to when you, a pencil. Just try yeah. to pencil. You know, I was poor, you know, but it's, I tried. I thought you were going to say a Floby when you were saying like, because I was like, oh, fans eating hair. Clearly yeah. a Floby. <laughs> now that would be a better, that would be a better thing to pull <laughs> than the Topsy tail. Listen, you're smarter than me and that's okay, people. I got a low bar. Um, but this is exciting for me because Amanda and I have known each other for, God, over 10 years, right? Yeah. 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 Um, haven't seen each other in a while, so I'm excited to talk to her. And I was thrilled because um, she's connected with Aaron now, and they are doing workouts together. And I was excited to hear that Amanda's become a workout freak. Um, I know. Oh, yeah. It's Yeah, I feel like when I started, it's that classic thing where we're all just getting information from TikTok. And mm. so, like, going on TikTok and people showing exercises to do, but, like, I'm not like, I didn't trust myself to not do it in person. And my brother and I know a guy that's in like a very physically demanding show in Vegas right now. And <laughs> just texted him and we're like, Hey man, like, what do you think we should do? And he gave us like a workout regimen that was like, uh, 15 to 20 push-ups, uh, 30 second plank, 10 squats and do like three rounds of that every day walk for 30 minutes like and I had been doing that and then when I told Erin she was like oh <laughs> like I don't know if we should be doing that every day I was just like oh okay well, I don't know yeah just give me some other things in there, you know? <laughs> uh, it would be weird if because when I was a kid I worked at Baskin Robbins and my scooping arm was like super big oh it was, like, my one gosh. muscle got big so I was like, wouldn't it be amazing if, yeah, like doing that, I just for some reason had like one really big muscle and then nothing else. Yeah, it's like the lady in the water. Um, if you guys remember that M. Night Shyamalan movie, there's a guy there that in the movie that has one giant oh, yeah. strong arm. Um, but we don't need to reference that because nobody's seen it. But um, <laughs> 31 Flavors, that's mad a, that they saw it. That's a cool job. It's a nightmare dealing with the people that need to sample everything because you have tons of mm. pink little spoons. And yeah. uh, everybody's like, you like, you know what fucking mint chip tastes like. You don't need to. <laughs> yeah. Not a lot of people would do that, though. And I, I never got somebody coming in and like Did doing the old, like, let me, yeah, let me sample everything and then just leave. Um, but that was like my first job ever. So I think I started as like 15. Um, so it was a real fuck around job. A real like. Oh, that's like, great. We would. Yeah. Like lock each other in the freezer or that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Did you, oh my gosh. did you enjoy the ice cream when you were there or did you, were you over it? You get hit a point where you're over it. Cause yeah. like you're allowed a scoop per break. So mm. like when you go on your break, they'd be like, what are you going to choose? I'm like, no, no thanks. But it was great. Anytime I was like going somewhere, I could show up with like a ton of ice cream. Yeah. So it was fun. Yeah. And they have the ice cream cakes, which are people still love. Oh Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then speaking, speaking of caffeine, um, they have these things called Java Blasts. And it's just this like thick black syrup that then gets diluted in milk and then mixed with ice cream. So like that, <laughs> when they first came out, they told me, yeah, we couldn't sell them to kids under 13 when they first came out because there's enough caffeine. I think they said it's equivalent to six cups of coffee. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> We used Gosh. to dare each other just to do shots of the syrup and like 
just be like, like out of her mind, oh, <laughs> like running this like <laughs> Baskin Robbins. Yeah. <laughs> but, like that was like, I really miss like where like there was just nothing could go wrong we yeah. can just do whatever we want in this Baskin Robbins and like have the best time yeah that was a good time uh, I mean that was so so let's go back then um because you're at a place now where you're you're working with Aaron we can end there um but so growing up where did you grow up and um did you play sports and stuff as a kid it's usually kind of an entry point that we we talk about with people and it's a lot of people didn't a lot of people did and then, uh, so yeah, so where'd you grow up? Uh, I grew up in a town called Morgan Hill that's like in the Bay Area. So I grew up with like oh, tons okay. of farmland around us. Um, yeah, like just lots of agriculture. We had a working farm on campus in high school. Um, and so, yeah, like pretty, pretty hardcore. And basically was not a sports kid. We did sports camps. And I remember like in eighth grade trying out for the basketball team and it not making it very far. <laughs> but when I was a kid, if my mom wanted to like punish us, like if we got in trouble, she would lock us out of the house. Like we were like indoor kids. So like rather uh. than go to your room, <laughs> it would be like go outside and we would just like sit on the like front step and like wait till she let us back in. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I would say I, I had a really physical childhood in the way that, like, I grew up with a bunch of other kids in my neighborhood, and we would play field hockey and, like, just run around these fields and, like, have these massive capture-the-flag games. And we were weirdly into wrestling each other. Like, that was a very big part of my childhood. Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah we would go into, like, Katie Kagami's bedroom and take everything out except the mattress and then all sit around and just take turns. I mean, you didn't have iPads then, so you had to just kind of wrestle each other. Which is funny, because like, as an adult now, I miss that, and so I've been like toying with the idea of either doing like Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu or maybe Krav Maga, like something super physical that I could learn. Because like, I'm not... I don't think I could wrestle well now, but the, you know, I was a kid. I think I had like a pretty good bot, like mind for it. Um, but, uh, yeah, but when it came to organized sports, not it, it's definitely a theater kid. I, I bet that that sense of leverage is still there and you'd be, it would come back to you really quick. I mean, I think people, some people just kind of naturally have it and you should definitely do juju. That'd be fucking awesome. I bet you could get a bunch yeah. of people in our, our little, our comedy community that would be all into it. You know? Like, yeah. Oh, like, God. I think, like could a, you imagine being that close to some of those Comedy community people. <laughs> I'm talking about the women. I'd rather not be a the, stranger. Not the, uh, not the guys. Well, there was like there was a group of New York people that were super into BJJ, and they at parties would pull out mats and like, did you ever do that at DCM when they would like start wrestling? There was like this comedy festival every summer. Oh my and gosh! They would, they would hit a point in the night, the final night, where everyone like they, they would just pull out these like wrestling mats and like people would wrestle each other and. I remember at the party just being there and hearing Besser say, I want to see a West Coast girl wrestle an East Coast girl. And I was like, I'm in. Like, same oh, thing where I was like, I've got, I've, I know how to do this. And at the time, I also had this thing called pleurisy, which was like an infect, like kind of like bronchitis. But I had like shown up in New York pretty sick and didn't realize how sick I was. Um, <laughs> this girl pops out and her name is Stephanie. And uh, she's like, I'll do it. And 
and I'm like, oh my god, she's like three quarters my size. Like, of course, like I'm gonna fucking murder this girl. And then we start wrestling, and it just became like the tortoise and the hare, where or like I just felt like this whale that was being taken down by like a small dolphin, <laughs> where I was like, she could never like <laughs> fully get me down. But then, like, always had more energy to, like, pop back up and go again. And I was just, like, eventually just had to, like, lie down and be like, I finished. Like, and I was like, oh, wow, I did not expect to lose that way. Um, and then when I was, like, leaving, Besser, like, tapped me on the shoulder. He's like, that was great. And I was just like, all right, man, I'm so glad we did this for your pleasure. <laughs> like- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. God, that's wild cool power that's- to just go. East Coast, West Coast, wrestle. Yeah, it's <laughs> at my uh, comedy festival. Uh, that's tough though. If you don't have any wind, you know, and that's like crazy shit that we would do or be like, oh, I went to DCM. I didn't realize I had walking pneumonia and I drank every <laughs> yeah. single night and didn't sleep. And it's just yeah. like you come home and you're like, you have to sleep for like a month, you know, and you're like, <laughs> shit, you're lucky you didn't fucking die doing a bit show. <laughs> And it's like New York in the end of August or whatever. So oh, yeah, it's seven thousand degrees and you know, hundred yeah. percent humidity. Cause that's the thing too that feels crazy is like when you are from California and you get off a plane on the East Coast in the summertime, it hits you like, Oh my god, people live this way, like this is crazy. Like yeah. I can't handle humidity at all. I also I have overheated like a bunch in my life. Um I overheated at my bachelorette party because we were in Palm Springs. <laughs> I like uh, <laughs> overheated at these like mineral hot springs before and stuff. Like I don't do well if I get too hot, which is also crazy to be like. And then I also had pleurisy. <laughs> Jesus. Just so some <laughs> people that that don't that aren't involved with Upright Citizens Brigade, that's how we all know each other. It's a comedy theater. DCM is called uh the Del Close Marathon. Um, he was like a comedy kind of like, uh, he's on the co- like improv Mount Rushmore, I guess. And, um, uh, you know, questionable, um, history, but <laughs> had some good ideas about improv, but we would, they would have this thing in New York where there's, there was multiple theaters at the time where there would be, I guess, three days where there was literally improv shows running Every the whole time, the whole time, 24 hours yeah. a day yeah. for like three days. And so it was a really fun thing for, you know, young idiots to go do and old and, uh, you know, a lot of drinking and a lot of like just staying up all night. So that's, you know, it's a crazy place to, um, try to wrestle while you're sick, but you know, listen, <laughs> um, Amanda yeah, was an inside I- kid that grew up in a farm town. So, you know. <laughs> So why not, baby? Yeah, when someone's like, it's time. I'm like, all right, let's go. Yeah. yeah. It, but it was, that was the realization of just like, wow, I thought I'd like just being like, oh no, she beat me like fair and square. And I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> yeah, it was one-on-one sports yeah. are intense. So so going back to um, Northern California, I grew up in Northern California for the most part too, um, in the Sacramento Valley. And then I went to college in the Bay Area. But um, so you, uh, so what, what, was your mom and dad were they were they into exercise or fitness? I mean, what was your what was your idea around exercise at that time? Did you were you conscious of it? Were you thinking about it at all? And when did it enter into your mind? I think the first time it entered into my mind was when I was probably like a tween, um, and I was probably like I don't know, like eleven or twelve ish, and um, 
Alyssa Milano put out a workout tape called Teen Steam um, that had a music video. So, and I remember like being oh a kid and doing Teen Steam like in my bedroom, like a VHS tape of it. Um, my parents were not like if I was an indoor kid, they were like the ultimate indoor kids. They came from Philadelphia, so they also came from like a city. Um, so. Yeah, we were never encouraged to that kind of stuff. And then, like, they were never the type. Like, I have friends now that'll be like, oh, I went snowboard- snowboarding with my kids. And I'm just like, oh, that sounds great. Like, you know, I'm like, that sounds so cool. But yeah, with my folks, like, never physically did anything with us. Like, maybe participated a little bit where they would, like, show up to a game, but were never like, and I'm going to play with you or coach you and stuff like that. So, like, yeah. It was something I didn't really think of probably until teen steam i also though like i grew up a heavy kid and Mm -hmm. so like it's because like i think you become conscious of that barrier (laughs) um and so i feel like probably around junior high and stuff oh i also had this thing where when i hit puberty i went from being like a pudgy kid that all of a sudden i hit like end of eighth grade and my body just completely, I want to say it felt like I lost like 30 pounds over a summer, like out of nowhere. And I got to be like on the thinner side throughout like high school, which was great. <laughs> that was fun yeah. I remember a girl at my school that happened to her, like she just like shot up over the summer and like, and, and I wasn't like her friend enough to like ask. With heroin but or I height? Was- <laughs> <laughs> Great question. And I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Unsure. Um, I hope height. She was like eighth, ninth grade, you know? Um, But she, I just remember being like, what? How do I get that? Like, how do I get on that train? Because I just was always kind of, I just kind of steadily grew and steadily grew both ways, you know, up and out. And it was, I was just like, I remember her. Like, I was like, oh my gosh, I've got to know her secret. But I, I never found out. Maybe yeah. she found so tell teen me what's steam your too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what was teen steam like? Was it like? Yeah, what'd you do? Was it step step type aerobics or yeah. like choreographed? No, I think it was. It was before I even knew what step was. Like I remember step being this thing that came out that was like, oh my god, you can do step now. Um, no, it was <laughs> mostly aerobics set to just like pop music, but like generic pop okay. music, like um, non-royalty pop music. Yeah, public domain. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then it ended with like a video of her singing like an original song. Um, but I, <laughs> yeah. It's crazy because I'm like, I can't even remember what, I knew I wore tennis shoes and stuff, but I'm like, but did I even change my clothes? <laughs> like, you know, like I was probably just doing it in like jeans and a t-shirt. Like, yeah. Well, I didn't, yeah. I mean, I, I'm trying to think of the concept of workout clothes. Like I, I mean, PE clothes, but I never thought of like, oh, I'm going to work out now. So let's put this stuff on. I, don't know, I know. I've point. been fantasizing about contacting my junior high and asking to buy a PE uniform. Cause I'm like, oh, I feel like that would make great pajamas. Like our PE uniform, the, sh- the shorts were the same material as a t-shirt. Like it wasn't like yeah. sweatpants. Wow. Like uh, okay. a PE I was tuxedo. Like, oh, be- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I feel like that would be a great set of PJs to have right now. Um, they may have, they may have changed them. 
Don't take this from her. (laughs) Yeah, true. Uh, So I have I have my own, and like in the little girl section, they have like full workout gear. Like yoga wear is like very popular amongst like. So it's weird to like see a toddler in like yoga pants, you know? Yeah, like weird. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But when I do work out, they'll come and they'll like mirror me and want to do it too. So I'm like, they do kind of want to work out, but like, it is weird to see it. Cause yeah, like you said, like no one had that kind of stuff when we were kids. And then a let alone like little, little kids. Cause they have like sports bras for them. You know, it's like, Oh, they look just like the stuff that I'm buying. <laughs> That's nuts. Cute. Uh, yeah. Nuts too, but cute. Uh, so you mentioned your parents from Philly um, what what was food like in your house? Was there any oh, kind of attention paid? No. And yeah, I think about that often because I feel like now as an adult, my whole thing is like, I don't necessarily know how to like keep myself like eating healthy in that way of like cooking for myself and doing all that. I think my parents, they came from this generation that was like, guess what? Anything you could want, we'll make it out of plastic now. So like food, everything is just like Mm -hmm. chemicals, you know, it's like, and they were raised where it was like, why, you know, even my mom talked about breastfeeding at that time. And she was like, no one did it. So she was just like that idea of just like, well, why would you feed your baby the natural way? We can make you this chemical to do it. And it was seen as like, how wonderful. Um, And so it felt like we were growing up in like that type of house where like a lot of our food was processed. And then some of the meals were like the most basic, like eighties meals, like pork and beans, you know, or it's just like hot dogs and a pool of beans with some like American cheese on top. Um, yep. Yeah. I did not necessarily grow up in a healthy household. Yeah, they did. At that time, people weren't thinking about microplastics. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, no, everybody thought we used to eat like so much bologna and things like that, that just feel wild now, you know, like, and now it's crazy. I I truly believe that in about like 10, 20 years, we are going to have like a major shift in like processed foods in our country. Like, I think they're going to be like, Oh no, you guys, that's what caused all the cancer. Oops. Like, I just feel like there's no way (laughs) what we're doing is safe. But it is, it's really hard to like not do it, you know, like that, like a, it's tough. I mean, it does, it is alarming when you'll see things like, um, Hey, you know, this stuff that's in flame and Cheetos in America, this one ingredient has been illegal in the UK for 10 years. They make it with a different way because they don't want to die over there. And you're just like, what the fuck? Like what, what? (laughs) how much are you saving on that? You know, using this. This things that's killing us or whatever. I don't know. I mean, stuff's kind of like improved a little bit, but it's glacial. And, you know, we definitely vote with our pocketbooks on that kind of stuff. So I noticed that partially hydrogenated soybean oil, you know, this trans fat, you know, people were very conscientious of that um, at a certain point. And then now it's kind of, you know, gone away. And so even in processed stuff like, you know, wheat thins or that, they'll be, they'll, they'll lead with like no trans fat. And it was like, that was definitely not on any of our minds, you know, <laughs> yeah. prior to. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
but it's still I, the you know the convenience that it awards is still you know a high priority for a lot of people you can get, get in a bubble we're all out in southern california you can get in a little bit of a bubble out here but every you know a lot of other places you know people it's cheap and it's convenient so why not yeah i remember like as a kid the amount of like soda i would drink which feels yeah. insane to me now because it just wasn't regulated so like we had a separate fridge in the garage that was just all soda and like i would just always have access and i remember like going to a friend's house for dinner and everyone was drinking water at dinner me being like oh that's weird i guess they don't <laughs> like so like so just yeah. like oh we drink soda at dinner. <laughs> and yeah like it's crazy now because there was like one time in college where i ended up getting hospitalized because i was so dehydrated Again, super sick, but going to class because I was just like, oh, I got a good class. And um, <laughs> then stopped at the health center on the way out. And the second the doctor like came in the room, I just started like vomiting uncontrollably. And then I just couldn't stop dry heaving. And he was like, basically like your body's forcing you to try and find like water. So he's Jesus. like, You're, this is like what happens when you get so dehydrated. Um, and so I went to the hospital and they just like gave me fluids and sent me home. And it was like, amazing how much that's flipped but now i've become like obsessive about drinking water yeah you're so like, like doc i don't understand i had 10 mountain dews today <laughs> i should be perfectly hydrated <laughs> water what the fuck I am water i at my camel? friend's house a week ago <laughs> <laughs> it's all they had fucking weirdos uh that's nuts. So when did so when did you start thinking about food? Like when did that become a something that you that was on your mind? Where you're like, oh, I'm. Please you know. tell me, Alyssa Milano came out with a cookbook. Please. <laughs> oh no, I wish I would buy it. Teen uh, cuisine. Steamed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was probably when I got to college and had roommates. Like I grew up in like a less healthy household, whereas like my roommate Danielle grew up in a much healthier household. And so she was like, got me eating tofu and we would cook together all the time. Oh, and it was great. Where'd yeah. you go to college well, at, or what? Where area? Kapali in oh, like yeah. San Luis Obispo. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah. And it was kind of like, oh, I get it. And yeah, that, and I think just, yeah, like, seeing other friends in college for the first time when you're cooking for yourself, um, and it is crazy, because I think also in college, like, I have a real thing now where, like, I don't like chicken breasts, but it's because I ate so many George Foreman yeah. chicken breasts, mm. like, just like <laughs> that as a sandwich, but I was like, I just overdid it the same as like i don't love eating tortellini and ravioli for the same reason i feel like in college like it was the easiest meal to make because you just had to like boil it and then put sauce on it and like yeah it took a while to now like understand and especially like two once you have kids you become extremely conscious of what you eat because it's like well what i eat is what they eat and mm. so that's like shifted a huge amount in me um yeah. And it's also crazy because you also know, like, whatever I give my preschooler will be seen at school. So I also want to, like, be like, I am a good parent. <laughs> like, yeah. she has carrot sticks. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have, she has carrots. <laughs> I'm, yeah. No bologna here. No Lunchables here. Um, 
I didn't even think about like like, the politics of that part. (laughs) Like, yeah, well, there's already usually no nuts, which like I just do sunflower butter if I want to do like a PB and J for um, test. But like, yeah, so you so when you take nuts out of the equation, there's like a lot of stuff that goes out that I would maybe give them. Like they Mm -hmm. sell like little Nutella dips like but i'm like well i can't give you nuts um but yeah it does feel weird knowing like oh a teacher's gonna see what i've put in this lunch and they're already like even at my daughter's like elementary school there's like no candy no sodas like and that's like a public school in burbank jesus yeah wow that's different than when i grew up (laughs) (laughs) what was like a typical lunch when you were a kid Oh, well, I mean, when I was a kid, it was like a sandwich, some chips and probably some carrot vibe. But like when I was in seventh grade, my mom would give me two dollars and I would get like a pizza pocket and three giant cookies or like a bag of Doritos and a bag of um, animal crackers, like the cookie ones. (laughs) Like it was like. There were no rules. Uh, I think there's only cookie ones. I don't think there's any savory animal crackers. Oh, no. <laughs> Sorry. The ones that are covered in frosting is what oh, I mean. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Circus animals. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The super cookie. Yeah. yeah. I like yeah, yeah, those yeah. with the little sprinkles on them. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I still like love those. them to this day. I do. Brian, yeah. were you raised in a, like, what was your food like in your household, they were, my parents were conscious of it. So they were, they were watching what they eat and they, you know, and just only really served us pretty good stuff. But I kind of, um, a unique situation in that, um, I, I spent a lot of my childhood actually in, uh, Northern Idaho and my parents, um, had restaurants up there and they were steak, prime rib, seafood restaurants. Um, and so this guy. as like, as a kid, like I would just, <laughs> I was allowed to, you know, cause we just go to work with our parents and like, so I'd get like yeah. lunch and dinner in the restaurants and I got used to that. And then they, you know, it was the restaurant business is really tough and they ultimately, you know, were defeated by it. And so they left and that's when we came to Northern California. And so I remember like my mom just started making, you know, stuff at home that wasn't, you know, steak or crab legs or something. And I was like, what the fuck is this shit? Like this, is, <laughs> I'm not going to eat this shit. The fucking garbage. <laughs> Where's, where's the lobster, you know? Yeah. And so it was just like kind of more normal type food, but they were, you know, they were cooking fish and, you know, we'd have like some kind of protein and like salad with every meal was always like a big thing. And so I was surprised when people didn't have salad, I was like, you're not gonna have salad with this. Like what the hell? (laughs) Or like, and you know, my mom would, would, um, dress it in like a vinaigrette or something. And then, so I'd go to a friend's house and it would just be iceberg with like a, like a bottle of ranch. And I was like, what it, what? Um, so they were kind of ahead of the the nice stuff. (laughs) They were kind of ahead of the game on that. So I was really lucky in that respect. Um, and then got me in the kitchen and kind of cooking. And so now I, I, I like that and it's not, doesn't seem very foreign to me, but the, the one thing that was a shock for all of us was um, carbohydrates because they would do pasta a lot. And so like, I'd have like a bunch of bread and stuff and thing like, well, it's, you know, we were kind of a fat free, like it's fat free. So we're, we're good mm-hmm. there. And then I remember when somebody said like, Hey, you know, there's a bunch of carbs in that. And that turns into sugar. I was like, what the fuck? 
There's what this turns into sugar. It's fucking bread. Um, and so that like conceptually blew my fucking mind. And so there was a little bit of a growth curve again. But again, my parents were kind of you know on top of that too. They were they were thinking about that, and we definitely had sodas, and they were always diet. And my mom would limit them. You could have like one a day. Um, uh, we always wanted more. Yeah, we had that rule too. Yeah. We always wanted more um, diet Dr. Pepper in two liter bottles, you know, and you could have like one glass of it a day. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, hard to I, regulate though with a, with a uh, two liter. She did. And I would, I would try to snake some out and I would get caught mm-hmm. and she would, we'd have like yeah. cookies in the house and she'd count them and shit. Cause I was always like trying to like, um, you know, hustle extra cookies and, uh, you know, ice, but we definitely like had ice cream every night, like as dessert, like I'd have a fucking bowl of ice cream. I never let my kid do that now. Like, yeah, yeah, we would have ice cream every night. Too. Every single so night. I can't have ice like, cream in my house. I can't have it at my house. I yeah, eat every night. If it survives tonight too, I can't like, I have no, no off switch when it comes to ice cream. <laughs> that's oh, why that's I can't cool. work at Baskin Robbins. But that's what I'm like when you, sorry to bring it back to that, but I'm like, when people say you work there long enough and you, and you can't like you, like you get over it. I'm like, I really truly wonder what I would look like, like how far I would go before I got over it. Stealing those big, um, those big canisters that they came in that were like, um, paper, like like, roll the tape. You have stolen so many. (laughs) Well, the trick was if, if a customer came in and ordered something that like, you were like, that sounds good. Like at the end, you would just do something to mess up the order enough, Ugh. like either like put nuts on it and then they'd be like, oh, I said no nuts. And he goes, oh, let me make it again. Genius. And then you could take that, whatever that was and just put it in the freezer and be like, I'll take that home later. So like that was our way of getting a bunch of free stuff that was like beyond, you know, like a yeah. massive Sunday or something Gussied like that. Up yeah. A little bit. Yeah. God, that's genius. Yeah. yeah. Beyond just the <laughs> scoop. So yeah, I was lucky. <laughs> You know, my, my kid now though, I mean, I'm not, some people are like, not, my sister is, you know, the, she'll do something where they, she takes her Halloween candy and they can get a present or something. Oh, and I'm switch like, witch. yeah. And I'm like, no, he's, he went out and got that. He can, we'll parcel it out, but he can have a piece or, you know, a couple pieces, you know, a night or on the weekends and stuff until his candy's gone. Cause that's his candy. I'm not Yeah, gonna, we're we're down to like half because I feel like I have a philosophy of as a, as a parent, which is like, I don't hold my kids to like Andy's standard that I'm not willing to meet. So I think in the same way, like I'm going to let you eat candy. Cause like I would let myself eat candy, you know, or mm-hmm. there's certain words that I'm like, I don't consider that a bad word. So like you can say it around me, but like, like don't say it at school. But in my mind, I'm like, yeah, because I know I'm never going to be like fully like, using correct language around them all the time, you know? Like, so yeah, when it comes to my kids candy, I'm like, yeah, do it. But the weird thing is like, because I think we're not super restrictive, like they'll stop, like they'll have like one piece and be like, okay, thanks. I've noticed, I've totally noticed the same thing or like, he'll, you know, have like a ice cream treat on the weekends or whatever. And he's like, I'm full. And I'd be like, wow, that's fucking incredible, dude. Cause I would just, <laughs> I'd fucking force that down. Like I would, there wouldn't be a, a, no matter how full I was, I would make it work. I would like, yeah, I'd butt. Ice cream goes somewhere else. I don't know. There's no rules. 
Oh, God. God. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's nice to hear that you guys both have kids that are pretty good self-regulating kids because I do fear just passing on all of my insanity to a child. And I'm sure I will pass some on. That's inevitable, but it's nice to hear. Thanks. No, I think, I mean, for me, it's like they're kids. I mean, that's the age when you do, when you occasionally can get McDonald's and all that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. I think you get into trouble if it's like, you're just constantly feeding them juice and, you know, weird, like empty calories and stuff. And it's, if it's too much the norm, but letting them occasionally have that stuff and not making a big deal out of it, then it doesn't ever become like a taboo. And so they're kind of like, Oh, this, you know, this is out there in the world and I like this and it's fun, but you know, I also like We it. always let our kids have like access to snacks. Cause like, um, my first daughter was like really late for speaking. So she had a speech delay and because I like had like therapists come to the house and one of the therapists was like, something that will help is giving her autonomy over her own food. So like she was two, um, we just had like a bucket that was filled with like crackers, apples, fruit bars, whatever. And then like a couple juices. And the idea was like, she would pick her own stuff, but like they'll, she'll come back with like a pack of olives or she'll come back with something that's like, not something that you would be like, Ooh, you know? And, um, I think because of that, like I said, yeah, they, they don't fear, they have no sense of scarcity, which is, I think was like a huge part of me growing up was like, eat all of this now because who knows if you're going to get it again. Yeah. Same. And I think just like, Somebody turned their back and I would house 14 Hydrox cookies, you know, <laughs> you know, shove them in there. I didn't know. I didn't know when this thing was going to get taken away. So, yeah. <laughs> yep. Same. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hydrox cookies? Always generic in uh, my household. Yeah, except, <laughs> except for the Dr. Pepper. They went, uh, you know. That I always think splurge. of Dr. Thunder. Dr. Thunder, because Dr. Pepper makes me Dr. Thunder. You know what I mean? (laughs) Uh, Did you guys drink Jolt as a kid? No, but I was going to say I did a surge phase, which was similar. I feel like same Uh, family. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had heard of it and would see it. And so people that don't know, Jolt was a cola. I think it might still weirdly be around but or maybe it discontinued it was discontinued for a while maybe they brought it back as some kind of like weird like the equivalent of like a soft drink pop-up yeah i think um but their their slogan was all the sugar twice the caffeine um and so there was a (laughs) when i was in when i was in mrs musikanian's class do you guys know her she was a teacher at rockland elementary (laughs) uh when i was in her class there was another kid named ryan Um, I was Ryan S he was Ryan T. Uh, and so we were on a field trip and, um, I got his, we got our lunches mixed up and listen, you know, Ryan T and his family, they were doing the best they could. Um, may, may not have been the (laughs) environment that I described my family as to you guys. Um, you know, I acknowledge my privilege, but, um, Ryan T like I could tell, it's like, there's something going on with this. Cause it bagged, the bag said Ryan on it, but it was like a wrinkly lunch bag. And my mom always had like iron yours. I don't know. They were just out of that. She just used a new one every time or whatever. And this one was like, and so I was like, Hmm. And I opened it up and all that was in there was a can of jolt and a home run pie. 
Remember those home wow. runs? Wow. And I was oh like, Oh my God, that's my dream lunch. I was like, What the <laughs> fuck is going on with my? I was so excited. And he was like, Wait a minute. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You know, and then we like, we got it back. And then I got my, whatever my fucking, you know, like oh, yeah. nutritious lunch was for my mom. And I was all bummed about it. I was like, Oh man, I wanted that home run pie so bad. <laughs> You gotta learn to trade, Stinger. You gotta learn to trade. Do you remember those home run pies? I think they had hostess pies too. Maybe it was a hostess pie. No, but I think it's a home run pie. It's like I can see the package is like a strong color and white with red writing, right? Yeah. Am I crazy? Yeah, and it had like a turnover type thing in there that was that had like pie filling in it, and they had you know fruit. You know who knows when it was from? Probably like you know the Korean War or something like you know war God, rations. So good. Shit. It was so old. And then they had chocolate ones. And I never. I don't know if I ever had one. I always wanted one. And my mom was like, no. She would get me like candy bars and stuff. But that was like those those things were a bridge too far. You know. Oh my God, we <laughs> ate those. I don't know. Once a week, twice a week, four times a week. Yeah. We. I loved those things. I now oh, I want to them. see if I can find them. They got oh, yeah. The, what oh, yeah. was your flavor? Um, I liked, I think it's a chocolate, probably. I was definitely a chocolate kid, but it was like lemon? chocolate pudding in there. Oh, yeah. And then the lemon ones they had. Yeah. yeah lemon I, was the other one. I always yeah. lusted we grew after up, them, We grew up with like a lot of, because uh, it was back when Costco was still Price Club, but like a lot of processed food in the freezer that would be like oh i'm gonna heat up a bagel dog or bagel bites like for lunch when Mm. i get home that type of stuff yeah but uh but the weird thing is i will say when i've gone back and tried that kind of stuff like totino's pizza rolls they um, i am like "Mm, these are gross yeah they don't (laughs) hit the same way they used to yeah like a bagel bite feels so like i'm gonna see if i can find a home run let's see Uh, if it's uh we see if it tastes the same we've talked about the um Oh, go ahead. Oh, we've, no. we've talked. We've <laughs> no. talked about the uh, the Sam's Club Costco food on this show before, and like you'd convince your parents to like please get these chimichangas or whatever, and then they they would get you like a fucking huge thing, and then like you know thirty in, you start to get tired of them. And your mom would be like, I bought, you begged for these and I bought you guys this. And you're like, I can't do another. I like the, do one more. I like the pretzels that they had that you could put this, like the soft pretzels and you Salt had to spritz them. them. Yeah. 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 You had to wet them first. <laughs> you had to wet them down. You're like, I'm a chef. <laughs> I used to be Ew. God, in San Diego. Um, back, like before I moved to LA, I was working at this investment, like hedge fund. <laughs> they like one day normally we would just get like coffee and stuff like with our food orders but this one day they were like oh we just started decided to like get frozen burritos and get cheetos and get all these snacks just in case someone has to like eat lunch in the office and like literally within a week like the assistants just went through it like locusts like we were just like oh yeah like we don't want to go out and pay for our own lunches and so we're just gonna eat it and they like immediately had to be like no more you guys you guys ruined it you guys lost your privileges. (laughs) Yeah. But I was like, I'm like 23 years old. I'm trying to figure out life. Like, yeah, I'm going to take your free burrito for lunch, dude. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Of course. You're just like searching for food. It's like, it's like those movies were like the, they drop like a, like a livestock in a piranha infested waters. And it's just just bones. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm talking about, right, Aaron? Um, so you so, know I do. 
Amanda, let's <laughs> let's get to now. So you you mentioned this okay. thing that you had, like this guy that is doing these shows out in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like so some kind of like intense where you got to be really fit um, thing. And so he sent you something. You were doing it every day. You pitched it to Aaron, and she was saying, "Hey, I got you know, I got some ideas. Let's get to now." <laughs> yeah. So um, so this goes back to. Um, I don't know if this is gauche to talk about, but I'm going to talk about it, which is about like a year, year and a half ago, I went to a friend's wedding. And when I saw a photograph of myself from that wedding, I just had that sort of like come to Jesus moment that some of us need to be like, I really should change my lifestyle. And I just got into a weight that I wasn't comfortable with. And kind of going back to like how our parents were when we were kids. It's like, I don't want to be the parent that's on the couch when my kids are out running around. I want to be a part of it. Um, And so I was just like, yeah, I think I just need to make some changes. And at the time I had just started watching TikTok and (laughs) these like advertisements kept coming up for um, like weight loss clinics that would offer this like brand new drug that no one's heard of called Manjaro. And, mm-hmm. um, I talked to my husband about it and I was like, are you ethically okay with me doing this? Like, because my husband's also a nurse, he's in cardiothoracic, like ICU. So I like trust him if he's like, no, that sounds really sketchy. Um, but what had happened with him is he also had like his weight had gone up and he went to his general practitioner and they were like, we think it's better to put you on a weight loss medication now and get you down than it is to try and wait. Like we just think it's time more timely and we've noticed like better results with this. So he was prescribed metformin and fentanyl. I think that's a fentramine, like the speedy stuff. Oh, fenfen. And it, but I think it's like the legal one that you can get prescribed. Okay. <laughs> I think it's called fentramine. Fentramine. Um, like, hey, I've been prescribed this by like my regular doctor. So if you want to try it, try it. And it was like, they wanted Manjaro to become like popular. So they had offered this discount coupon where you could get the medication for like $25 a month. So typically, if I wanted to buy it now, it would be like over $1,000 a month for me to buy it because it wouldn't be covered by my insurance. That's a big, anyway, did the coupon big difference? Big difference. Yes. <laughs> uh, did the coupon and ended up taking Manjaro for like nine to ten months, um, and it was I had a really good experience with it. I was able to lose like forty five pounds, um, but it's a very weird way to lose weight. Is like how I phrase it. Um, yeah, I don't know. Well, well, so we're fascinated to hear about this because we've done a couple, people are very interested in this. It's all over yeah. the place now. And we've done a couple episodes on semaglutides. It, it comes up. So this is in the same family as Ozempic, but it's more potent and it's specifically for weight loss. And what I've heard is that it affects um, your hunger. And so you're straight up yeah. less hungry, which is a huge part of it. So they, the way that it was explained to me was it will, your body naturally produces a hormone while you're eating that like tells your brain that you're full. Uh So this just constantly you're, you're getting that hormone made so that like your brain always thinks you're full. So like you do get to a point where you kind of have to go like, Oh, it's two in the afternoon. I should probably eat something. Um, but you learn really quickly on a drug like this it does the hormone thing. And then they also told me it somehow slowed down 
how like the food would pass through my system so that so it, like another transit like, time. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, then they were like, because of that, you will be constipated. Like that's going to be like probably the biggest thing you experience, which I did. Um, and another reason why I more conscious of drinking water than I've been in the past of just like trying to make sure that like everything kept moving and eating like a ton of greens and all of that kind of stuff. It, it does, it takes away your sense of like hunger. They call it the, I think they call it hunger noise where they're just like, it'll just take away anything in your brain. That's like, Oh, I could have like a snack or any of that stuff. You just never kind of consciously feel that. Wow. That is so wild. <laughs> did you feel any, did you feel nausea? That's a, that's a side effect. They said that sometimes it can, you know, beyond just quieting that, that hunger noise that you can feel some nausea with it. Yeah. Like it almost felt closer to like how I felt when I had morning sickness, which almost just feels more like you're hungover, mm -hmm. like that. that way, as opposed, um, it wasn't that bad. Like I think the constipation and then like occasional sometimes like a little bit of nausea, but like a trick that they treat teach you is to like just sniff an alcohol swab like that for some reason mm. works really well with nausea. So like, um, and you have those on hand because <laughs> you're giving yourself injections. <laughs> yeah. So if you ever feel nauseous, just like sniff alcohol. Um, but like, and my sleep probably improved. I also think like losing that amount of weight, because I was coming off of like two pregnancies sure. back to back. And so I was at a point where like the amount of weight that I wanted to lose felt impossible. Like it, it was just yeah. like, oh my gosh. And when I talked to the doctor, because it's like a telehealth visit, which is also like, we're living in a wild time, guys. Yeah, <laughs> like, absolutely. Like it's just like, I don't know where this dude even is. And he's just going to prescribe me this medicine for no, it's, $75. It's totally, it's like yeah. it's a very important decision. And the guy's like, Oh, hey, yeah. Um, yeah, so it sounds good, and uh, we'll just send it out to you. And um, uh, yeah, no, you look like you're doc. Yeah, you look like everything's yeah. good. I'm looking at your stuff. Um, yeah. The weirdest is like he would have his um, background like blurred, which I was just oh. like, where are you? Like, yeah. yeah, what is where are you He's on vacation? Turks and cake. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, I felt very stoked and I feel like I had a really positive experience. It's a, there's so much wrapped into like how you emotionally feel about all that kind of stuff. Like, because you don't want to be judged for saying that you're taking a drug like this, like all of that kind of stuff. So that's like also why I was like, Oh, I'm like willing to talk about it because like, I don't want people to see me and be like, wow, you clearly have changed. And me just be like, yeah, just, you know, hard work and dedication. Yeah, I, it's like, no, I, I had help. Started doing Pilates <laughs> once a week and I switched to, you know, having, you know, a, a small bag of almonds as a snack, you know, like all the real housewives <laughs> are saying and just like, come on, honey, we know the truth. Yeah. So Amanda, yeah. let me, let me give you full disclosure on what we've taught, what we've said on this show. So, and we even, we even had to like, kind of, um, you know, correct ourselves a little bit because when we first got asked about it, it was at a time, and everybody will remember this, when the media was presented 
presenting it to us as just Ozempic, and it was a drug for people that are diabetic, and that people were getting it prescribed off-label for weight loss, and they people didn't have access to their diabetic drug. Because another thing it does right. is it ba- it regulates and balances your blood sugar. So we were like initially like a little judgmental of it, like okay, what you know, why are people like why are the Real Housewives of you know Miami taking this thing and people can't get their <laughs> medicine for diabetes? <laughs> so then medicine. we yeah, so then we learned oh no, this is actually there's different versions of it. It's the same kind of drug in principle, but Monjarno's just doing it for weight loss, and also it can you know it's proven in studies that if people are overnourished to a certain degree, they're at risk for a lot of, you know, health ailments. And if they do something like this, it can get them down into like a safer category of health. So then we were like, oh, okay, well, great. That's, you know, absolutely. If you're, you know, if if you fall into this category or whatever, and then our big critique and maybe still is, but I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this was our concern was that, you know, people would do this, it would work for them regulate their hunger, quiet the hunger noise, but then they may not have the tools once they ultimately go off of this, you know, pharmaceutical to then, you know, maintain or still. So it's like, it's this kind of weird thing where you get, you know, forever linked to this big farm drug, you know, and it's like, it'd be nice if they prescribed this drug, but then also, you know, had the resources for you to meet with somebody that, you know, could, you know, give you these tools so that you can maintain. Cause I don't know how, when you went off of it, like, what was that like for you? And I went off of it in June. And the reason I went off of it was because the coupon I had expired. Sure, yeah. <laughs> so it was like, oh, because then it was the question of like, do you now choose to pay out of pocket because it's prescribed off label? And I was like, no. And they also offered, well, we can offer you what's called like a compound, which is basically they find the different ingredients of Manjaro and just prescribe them individually. And then you take them all together and, you know, like that's how you get it. And yeah, this, this is called a terzipatide yeah. is what it is. So it's like not a semiglutide, but a terzipatide. Um, oh, sorry. You're right. Manjarno. Yeah. So it's a slightly different drug category. Yeah. Yeah. But like when I went off of it, I tried over the last nine months to develop like better habits. Cause like when I hit that point at that wedding where I was like, I don't like how I'm going. I realized where I was like, it has to, fully be a lifestyle shift because like anytime I've done diets in the past and I did like Weight Watchers and all that kind yeah. of stuff it was like that thing where like the second I went off the diet I just slowly crept up getting to the point which was I called the doctor and when we were going over my first appointment he said this thing that just like really resonated with me where he was like yeah man like you hit your 20s your metabolism slows down and you gain like two pounds a year which like two pounds in, in a year like that doesn't feel scary or weird but then the second you turn around you go like wow i did that for 20 years and now i have to lose 40 pounds like that feels so daunting Mm -hmm. um yeah and i also feel like as a woman i feel like there's guys or anybody can just be like oh hey you're fat like (laughs) ooh lose some weight, you fat pig. And then I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it this way. And they're like, gross. Like you can't do that. Just be fat. You're just like, you can't win. It does feel this. You can't win. Yeah. And it is interesting because I look back to like all of the money that I spent over the last 30, 40 years of my life. Like that all my teen steam videos, mm-hmm. my steppers, like gym mm-hmm. memberships, all that stuff. And I was like, tofu with yeah, Danielle. 
$2.95 that one. But it just felt like, oh, all that money that I spent over time. If you said, hey, if you just gave me $5,000 now to be on this drug for five months and it'll get you to a reasonable state, I think a lot of people would be like, you know what? I'll do it. Like, but coming off of it, same thing. I'm just like way conscious of things, which like I have one big question for you guys. Um, So conscious of my protein and I'm so conscious now of like, calories and you know like getting enough fiber and all of that kind of stuff like hoping that that's going to sustain me and after I came off the drug I went up maybe like five pounds Mm -hmm. like over the first two months just kind of like regulating and I've been able to stay at that weight now since June um so it feels good but it is crazy that I'm like actively I think daily thinking about it like it's something that I'm telling myself like remember to maintain remember to maintain yeah. Which, yeah. Yeah. Aaron, you could definitely speak to that. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I, I actually, because of our conversation this week, Amanda, I have like my TikTok algorithm has become mm. Manjaro. I don't even know if I'm saying it right. <laughs> it's just like, just everything. And one of the things that I just kind of like, quietly laughed to myself was like this woman being like, okay, when you get off of it, you got to really focus on your protein and your fiber. And I'm like, yeah, that's exactly right. (laughs) And so like, just like if you're on it or if you're not on it, or if you got off of it, like if you are a person that wants to pay attention to Mm -hmm. your, to your nutrition, like prioritizing your protein and then fiber, like those are doing, it just is doing part of the work of spending that money. But I also think like spending that much money, you really like you're invested. Yeah. And so it raises the stakes. Yeah. Yeah. And so then you're, you know, then it's a little bit of that, like, um, yeah, the fear, I think that it just elevates the fear. Um, and I, you know, I do think cause like these drugs can also take some of your muscle mass Um, and so like you are also building, wanting to build muscle, you know, which I, I think is so important, especially for, uh, people we're all aging, but it's like people that are wanting to live like a healthy longevity lifestyle, building muscle is important. It doesn't have to be the biggest muscles ever, but all that to say, are you wanting like numbers for protein and fiber or what? Well, I just, I just wanted to say, um, just to be clear, they the, it's not necessarily the drug specifically taking it. It's just that you're eating right. less. And so it can accelerate yeah. sarcopenia right. and that can cut into right. your muscle mass. And so that's that's some misinformation that does get spread around them. So you, it's like Amanda was saying, you have to be mindful and remind yourself to eat the minimum amount of, yeah. amount of calories to sustain whatever you're trying to sustain. Yeah, because they even, they'll talk about, well, they'll be like, if you're starting to feel tired, perhaps you're not eating enough. Right. And I'm like, oh, I think there's easily people who could be like, oh yeah, I had two Ritz crackers yesterday. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's also a thing too. And like hitting protein goals. Cause I think right now my current protein goal is like 115 grams of protein for someone who was never conscious of that before. Like that's an insane amount of protein to like really try and hit for me. Like it's like I have to push either by like adding a shake or something like that where I'm like, I, I feel like I would have never in my life been like, this is the amount of protein I should be eating on a daily basis, you know? 
Well, yeah. it, de- it depends on what you want. And it's, it, I know that you're training really hard now and you're lifting weights. And so to, you know, to meet the kind of minimum standard that you need to support the training that you're doing, all that stuff is important. As far as like, you know, assuaging some of your worry about like having to, you know, think about this stuff so much, you know, your macros and all that, I would say having gone through similar experiences, and I, I think Aaron too, is that as mindful as you're being about it right now, it eventually will, you'll be over that and you'll be able, it'll be like second nature to you. It'll be like, yeah, I just, like that's why it's like, I need to make this habitual so that, yeah, I'm not even thinking about the numbers as I'm cooking and things like that. And that will definitely yeah. happen. And then also, this is something that we tell people too, is you focus, like, it sounds like you're doing, you focus on the additions more than the subtractions initially. So we're, you know, cause mm-hmm. there can be this fear of like, oh, I, I like this stuff and I don't want to cut it out. Don't worry about that. It's you, like you're doing, you add in the fiber, add in the protein. And then eventually, you know, from time to time, maybe you scale back on some of the, you know, the fun stuff or the treats a little bit or whatever. But as long as you have a good base, you'll be fine. And then if you feel like, oh no, I'm, I'm creeping up a little bit on the scale, what you should do then is re-audit your calories. So this is a pain in the ass, but like for like two days or three days, you write down everything you're eating. You don't pull any punches. You just eat like you normally eat. And then you look at how many calories you're having. And then you just dial it back a little bit. And it'll never have yeah. to be that much. And it's, it's, it'll be like in the amount of like 500. And if you just peel off like a little bit each meal, it, you'll get there easily. And so that's... I have a question oh yeah, about calories because a lot of my TikTok algorithm is still like people, clearly like weight loss coaches, essentially, like who are trying to get clientele, but then they make these like informational videos. And the example they say a lot is like, if you hop on the scale and it's gone up, like don't freak out. Like if you think you've gained a pound of fat, it's going to take all of this food to gain one pound of fat. And they show like 3,500 calories worth of shit and they're like you couldn't have eaten all this in a day so you're fine like get back to your thing but then my thing is i'm like but what if i'm just eating a little bit of that each day so like if every day i have a cap of like 2000 calories but i'm eating 2200 when those add up it feels like only a couple weeks you're gonna hit like 3,500 is like, is that then the pound? Cause to me, in my mind, I'm like, it feels like it's incredibly easy to gain a pound in that sense. But I don't know. I always well, feel like wh- that's where you, uh, that's where you want to find around where your maintenance calories are. Um, like how many calories you can eat every day that keeps your weight at the same number. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. that kind of helps put the rest of your mind at ease because you're kind of finding like what works for your body daily. Um, yeah. so you're not, so you're not trying to lose weight and you're not trying to gain weight. You are trying to keep, uh, and for a, a, a body with a, a menstrual cycle, that is still going to be four or five pounds alternating throughout the month. Like, so yeah. it is hard to be like, don't beat yourself up if it changes, but that's part of like why people are on TikTok saying like, don't worry about if it goes up a pound because it can literally be sleep, water, salt, fat, um, how, how much lining your uterus has. I don't know. You know, it's just like, so, so try like, so that would be, I would say maybe something that you could, you can like try to figure that out and we can talk about it one-on-one and we can also like, 
there's like charts. We've talked about it before. There's like yeah. that little B, uh, what's it called? Singer, the little, um, calculator. My fitness pal. T D E E. Is it T D E E? No, I can't think of it. Why can't I think of it? Um, anyway, it helps you kind of find like your activity level, your regular, like maintenance calories, my fitness bulk pal calories, app, right? cut calories. No, you like, no, a I thought one? it was like, like a little equation. Oh, oh, like your like, to get your BMI or something. Mm, no, this is like an awful game of, uh, um, no, no, we're not going to get it pyramid, <laughs> but I, I'll say this too. Um, you, uh, so all this is like, might feel overwhelming initially. And you're like, I don't want to yeah. fucking have to count all this shit all the fucking time. Like it sucks, but I, it, that will go away. Like you'll just get it in your bones yeah. and you'll know it. And so like Aaron was saying, you know, pay attention to the trends. So you were talking about like these people saying like a pound and it's, it is helpful. They don't always explain things the best way. And they're also right. trying to get people to look at their stuff and feel good about themselves. But, but look at the trends. So if you're like, Oh, I'm, I'm trending upwards a little bit here. What's going on? So that's where you want it. If you, and if you have a good control, like a baseline where you're at before, then you can just look and it just over time, like we just tend to kind of add a little bit, you know, and you don't even realize it's happening. It just creeps up on you. And that's where you're talking about like, Ooh, that couple of hundred extra every day over time compounds. And that's why I'm trending up. And if you know, if you have a good control, like, okay, this is, this is exactly where I was from a caloric standpoint when I was maintaining, mm -hmm. I'll just make the adjustments to get back there. And then, you know, working with somebody like Aaron, you know, if you want to like, Oh, I'd like to you know, I'd like to eat a little bit more for performance, then you can adjust your macros too. And like, say, I'll, I'll scale the protein up or I'll allow myself some more carbohydrates on these days that were, where I want to have like a really strong leg day or pull a heavy deadlift or what, you know, whatever it is. And that can be kind of fun too. But I'm, I may be, I don't want to put this on you, but I'm the kind of person like, I don't like having to fucking look, I don't want, I don't want to have a food scale out. I don't want to like calculate calories. I just kind of want to be able to eat intuitively and know. And I think that that definitely happens over time. And so yeah. right now it'll feel like kind of a drag, but then it'll, that that'll wash away and you'll just know like, okay, this is about the size yeah. of protein that I'm going to have. You know, this is, I don't need to get the fucking food scale out and, you know, get a, you know, yeah. NASA scientist involved and, in all this shit. I would say like one of the <laughs> benefits too, of like being a side effect of Manjaro was to I found myself just, there were certain foods that you would just be like, oh, like, no, I don't want any fast food. Like, and so you would pass yeah. on it. But in turn, now there are those times where like, I'll be like, oh, my kids really want McDonald's, but I know I have like a leftover blah, blah, blah. So like they can have that and I'm totally fine eating that, you know? And like, whereas before going back to that scarcity mentality, I'd be like, well, who knows if we're going to be at McDonald's next. I got to get that, you know? And I'm just like, oh, you learn like it's okay to say no to stuff. Like, because you just become you don't have a desire for it anymore. It's very, yeah. And like the only other thing I would say about it is it's dysmorphic in the sense of like, I felt like I was losing weight quick enough that it wasn't registering in my brain. Mm. So like mm. it took a long time before I could like look at a photo and be like, Oh, I can see it now. Yeah. Like, and it's kind of weird because it does feel like slightly effortless and that it's just a very bizarre, like, well, thing to happen, you know, it's weird because it's like, you know, it gets this bad rap, um, you know, present company included. 
um, for a time. But really what it is, is it just gives you, you know, there's people that are born with like a naturally quick metabolism, you know, and that's mm-hmm. a huge, you know, and they take it for granted. You know, you hear these people like, I eat whatever I want, you know, or you even hear people like it was, you know, two, I'd forgotten to eat for two days. <laughs> you know, and you're just like, what the yeah, fuck, you once. fucking asshole? Yeah. So what it does is, you know, and those people didn't necessarily earn that, you know, just kind of born that way. And so what it can do is just, it gives you like a, like a fair reset, you know, where you're like, okay. Yeah. And I think the thing that does upset me now is like, anytime I see like a person of note, a celebrity that has like a massive weight loss or I'm just like, Oh, it feels like you went beyond maybe what would be like a healthy baseline, you know, like, and that's the thing that feels a little frustrating. Whereas to me, I was like, Oh, I feel like I genuinely health wise need this. And then once it got to a certain point, like the way I phrased it to Aaron is like, I feel pretty good about my size. And with the training and stuff I'm doing, I'm like, could I kind of maybe change the shape of it? You know, like that kind of thing. And just, I'm in this mindset too, of just like, I just want to see if I can do it. (laughs) Like, you know, like I'm like, I just want to like try and do it. Like, and I know I'm not going to be like entering a building competition or anything, but, um, not with that. I do want to see definition in my arms. (laughs) That's great though. I mean, that that'll, and it'll happen. I was gonna I was gonna say, and I do think that this is important, is don't let the scale be your only tool during this time. Um and, and whatever like you can get your hands on, like as far as like if you can get like a body fat measuring situation, like go get your body fat measured by one of those fancy places that do that. Like like just so Dexa that scan. like in six months. Yeah, Dexa stand. Uh in like six months if the scale has gone up and it is affecting you in a negative way, you can see what the real thing, like what is the real breakdown is instead of like letting the scale be the only piece of information, because that can be tricky when you are adding muscle back to your body. Um, it can just be tricky and it can be a mind game that, that, uh, that doesn't need to, happen. You know, there are other yeah. ways to, to measure other than just the scale and scales are doing, easy at home. So yeah, it's easy. I, I'm also doing progress picks, which like okay. now, like a year apart, it is like, Oh wow. Like what an amazing difference. Um, but yeah, I did it even once right before we started our routine from our friend. And then like right before I started working with Aaron and I was like, Oh, even in that, like I can see just like, like I said, it's like the shape that's changing. Yeah. So it's like, oh, weird little things. Where I'm like, oh, my belly button's slightly higher. And then like I can see my arms like and my bat wings have like shrunk, you know, that kind of stuff. Where I'm like, oh, I can <laughs> physically kind of see it, which is nice. Um, my sleep has improved, which is great. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's cool. That's yeah. Yeah. Good. So, you know, that's huge because, you know, you if you're not sleeping the way you should, you get a cortisol response and that's that causes, you know, weight gain. And it causes your body yeah. to hold on to fat. And so that's why, yeah. you know, in addition to all the other health benefits you get from like healthy sleep, um, you know, weight loss is one of them and maintaining a healthy weight is one of them. You know, you see these people that like have like huge stress responses and they carry, you know, weight in places that they, they don't want and they have a hard time losing. And it's usually due to sleep, you know, and giving them that stress response. Yeah. 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 It is. 
it's wild. And it's also like, I'm grateful that we're living in a time, especially as I'm raising my kids, that like body positivity is like, even that it exists. Like, I don't even know, you know, if that would have existed when I was a kid, but yeah, it's like interesting to have a kid now who like will ask me questions about people's bodies or ask me like comment on my body and not in like a, they have no malice yet. They're kind of in that beautiful age where they like don't, <laughs> don't understand how to hurt your feelings. So like everything comes from like a true curiosity, but sometimes, yeah, they'll be like, why is your tummy this big? Like um, that type of stuff. And it's so cool to kind of like talk about it. And I think I was very lucky where, even though I was raised in the eighties, like I didn't have an almond mom, you know, like I didn't have the Mm. classic mom. Like I've had friends who are like, my mom paid me for every pound I lost. My mom, like, you know, like made me go on these diets with her and stuff. And like, I'm like, Oh, I think even though we didn't have the healthiest habits, like at least like I was never shamed for it. And like, I think that's made me confident in my body in a way that I like appreciate, but I think that can only go so far, especially in Los Angeles and places like that, you know? Oh yeah. I mean, you got the world tugging against, I mean, even with the healthiest upbringing and like the best sense of self, I mean, you got the world working against you. So it's tough, you know, and that's why it's good to have these tools. But I mean, you sound incredibly logical and practical about it all. You look amazing. (laughs) Got really cool pink hair right now. I wish everybody could see it. Yeah. But it looks dope. Um, Um, But, but yeah, I think, you know, the, you know, Aaron and I talked about like having these tools. And so I wish everybody had the, um, you know, this, the same kind of mind frame that you have coming out of this, because it's like, wow, what a way to get the most out of something, you know, and it ends up being like a gift for you. And it's truly, you know, all the benefits that this could bring to somebody. Yeah. Interesting to see. I'm excited to see in like a year or so where they're at as far as like, accessibility and things like that because the problem is I do think it would be very easy to stay on it and the only reason I went off was because I couldn't afford it any longer where I'm like if it is something that people have access to like will it be abused or will there be a point where they're like okay you're happy where you're at like yeah it'll and it'll 100% like, be abused but <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <I> mean, <laughs> yeah you're right but I'm just interested to see like what pans out and like people kind of ask me a lot about like, are you worried about side effects or whatever? But in my mind, I'm just like, I don't know. I took a lot of drugs in college. Like I, I I have to believe that those were far more harmful than like me doing this. Like I was like, but yeah, I don't know. Um, You know, I think I feel similarly towards the COVID vaccine where I'm like, I don't know if it is messed up. We'll find out. But like for right now I'm all in. And that's kind of like my idea of this. I think that's Uh, reasonable. I think anytime you dabble in powerful pharmaceuticals, there's a cost benefit analysis that you have to take. And so you, you, you weigh your options, you know, and there's, you know, everything like this has a cost to it, but for some people it's, it's absolutely worth it. I mean, if you're, you know, if you're, they talk about like how deadly hypertension is like having high blood pressure, even just a little bit up from where is optimum over time, that will, that'll fucking get you. It's the grim reaper. Yeah. And something like this couldn't put you, put you down without having to take uh, blood pressure medication it can put you. Yeah. And for me, like I had some blood pressure issues while I was pregnant and then I had never snored in my life until I got pregnant. And, um, that really scared me, especially cause it's, it stayed with me like 
couple years past the baby and I still occasionally will like if I have a little bit to drink or something like that like I'll snore but like I was the same thing where I was like I don't want to end up with a sleep apnea machine if I don't have to like obviously I would like that type of stuff where it's just like these are the things that now looking down the line I'm like oh yeah I have to start investing in myself down line because also my dad was a diabetic Mm. who ended up like losing his legs and like all this stuff so I was like oh I've seen sort of like what happens if I don't take care of myself necessarily because they came from the generation that was, there's a pill for that. Um, so yeah, like just being a lot more conscious of like, if I'm going to do it, I got to do it now. And like you said, yeah, I have to develop these habits. So it doesn't feel like I'm always conscious of like what I'm eating and all that. I just feel like very second nature. Yeah. It'll definitely become just what you do. And that that's, you don't even realize it. And that's like how, Working out is great, which is great. Oh man, that's great. There was a point in my life back in the, right before I got married, Eugene Cordero was teaching a class for comedians. That's how we we met back in those days. (laughs) But uh, that would be the type of thing where I would dread it. Like I'd be like, Oh God, I have to go to that thing tomorrow. Like this is going to suck. And then now the idea of like getting up and like, using my dumbbells at home and stuff like that it doesn't need like it wouldn't even phase me to be like oh man like it's just like oh right i'm gonna do that and then i'm gonna grow grocery shopping or whatever it is you know what a feeling yeah. you don't even realize it <laughs> you're it can, here baby well people if people out there listening like this can't ha- it's what happens it's just what happens yeah. you know and you be definitely easy to roll your eyes at but it it ha- i promise you guys it happens yeah you know so it that's does. cool think like you get so stoked like i know it took me a long time to see my weight loss results but that's the same thing of like even just the little changes when i was just doing the push-ups every day and stuff and just being like oh this like it feels like it's doing good things you know like that's the big problem whereas i feel like in the past you either stall out or whatever on a diet and yeah this is the first time where i've kind of been like oh i can see it building every day so that feels nice i love it I love it. Well, that's great. We've taken too much of your time already, Amanda. You're super (laughs) generous. Thanks for sharing all that stuff. I think it'll be really helpful for people. And it was enlightening for us too. So that's fucking awesome. Thanks for, thanks for doing all that. Um, is there anything Mm -hmm. that you would like to plug? Um, do you know what, just cause we're talking about health stuff, like, um, uh, feel anything that feels off or anything like that. Like, just go get it checked, whether it's dermatology or whatever. That's that's what I'm plugging is health. You're plugging a wellness check for <laughs> everybody. That. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I love it. That's yeah. good. <laughs> Better than, um, you know, you don't want people, ch- you know, checking out your uh, Instagram or anything? <laughs> I mean, if you go to my Instagram, it's like pictures of food and my kids. So, know. you know, no, I don't I don't need random dudes from the internet. <laughs> wow, cool. Family. I'd love for you to cook for me. <laughs> that's beautiful dude please come cook for me marry me hon marry me babe marry me hon marry me babe yeah <laughs> baby Barf. please marry me um marry me babe for us if you guys have questions um you know follow-ups and all this a lot of information today you can reach us at our email at ask the dumbbells at gmail.com we'll do our best i'm sure amanda will be back if she's willing um, you know, to talk more and, you know, let us know more about her fitness journey. Um, it's good stuff to hear. Socials, Aaron. 
We got them at the dumbbells and on TikTok, the dot dumbbells dot pod. I, I forgot the the part before. God bless you. Thanks for thanks for clarifying. Uh, on behalf yep. of uh, myself welcome. and Aaron McGowan, we are the Dumbbells and our wonderful guest today, Amanda Sitko, who I've known for over ten years. Uh, we would like and to. I've rem- known for under. Hey, <laughs> it all counts. Where the hell is that fan? Who's got it? Uh, got we'd like to remind everybody that's out there listening to train dirty, eat clean, and live in between. We did it. Stop the recording. That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>